What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Now, I say that, you know, I appreciate if you're listening anywhere. doesn't matter if you're listening on the website, although, you know, we appreciate that. The website, we just say that to promote the other shows and everything so you know what we're doing. And also, it's like, you know, basically the emergency parachute. If we get kicked off any of the other pod chasers or official places, unofficial places, that's where you can find us. You can always find us at cnjradio.com. So just always keep that in mind if you can hear my voice. If you can hear my voice and you're listening to the show or any of the other episodes, old episodes... You are a friend of mine. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, you know, yeah. And I appreciate positive feedback that I got recently online. I was having a bit of a late night crisis. Be like, nobody's listening to my show. I realize there are some people that are listening, and I really appreciate you guys. And gal. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was an inside joke. So, moving on here. Today on the show... We are still in the midst of counting down the best albums from 1981. We're almost getting to the halfway point here. Before we get to the halfway point on the countdown, we got to get through this show right here. But I got to tell you, a stellar list of albums to talk about today. We're going to do numbers 50 through 41, starting with this one right here at number 50. Killer way to kick off the show. And this was an album that I had heard before in the past, but I hadn't heard it in a long time easily 20 years probably something like that and i just can't believe this album fell out of my life but it's back and now it's never gonna go away whitford st holmes the one and only album by the band whitford st holmes which at the time was a one-off collaboration between brad whitford and Derek st holmes brad whitford of course the rhythm guitarist extraordinaire great writer too from aerosmith the legendary aerosmith and Derek st holmes from the classic era and the only listenable era of Ted Nugent's music right there. Uh, they got together, initially put out one album before, you know, Brad Witcher went back to Aerosmith. Of course, the band fell apart after that. They did get back together a few years ago and put out a reunion album. I believe it's called Reunion. Now I need to listen to that one because I love this first one so much. How bad could the second one be, really? Uh, but yeah, this album, it came out towards the end of the summer in 1981. It's a self-titled record. Produced by Tom Allum, who you should know that name if you're a hardcore music fan. Tom Allum produced the first three Black Sabbath records and the bulk 
he must be from Birmingham or something, but the bulk of Judas Priest's catalog. That's impressive. And he produces great sounding hard rock album uh, from an album produced by this guy and the talent involved. You can't lose. And this is a can't lose record. It's so freaking cool. Matter of fact, I, it probably would score higher if I listened to it again for a few more passes, but uh, it scored very, very well. I know I'm saying it's number 50 of 1981, but that's not bad because like I said, when I first did the first uh, countdown episode here for 1981, Anything on this list is a must-listen. So, all right, anyway, hey, let's get to the music. This is a music show, after all. So, coming in at number 50, it's the Whitford St. Holmes self-titled record, and here's a killer track to kick off the show with, like I said. This is Every Morning. Turn this one up.
Kicking off the show here today, that was Whitford St. Holmes with Every Morning off of their self-titled debut record. Great stuff right there. I hope you enjoyed that. Let me know if that was your first time hearing it. I'd love to hear from you. I always love to hear from you. But yeah, go buy that record. It's great. All right, here's another great undiscovered gem, in my opinion, from the year 1981. Comes in at number 49 here today. And a legendary artist from Europe, Ian Hunter, man. Of course, most of you are familiar with Ian's work in Mott the Hoople, and I hope you are at least. Uh, great stuff. But man, he's got some killer solo stuff as well. And uh, this one really uh, needs to get recognized more so. And I'm going to definitely say for you big Clash fans out there, if you're a fan of the Clash, you need to get this record here. It's called Short Back and Sides, uh, referring to Ian finally cutting his legendary long locks off. You know, it, it, hey, it's the 80s. But yeah, man, I, I don't know how all of this came together, uh, but, you know, Ian befriended a lot of the guys from The Clash, Mick Jones and Topper Heaton especially, and they got together, did some stuff here on this record. Sounds great. I know that Mick Jones was dating Ellen Foley, the singer and actress at the time, and she actually contributes vocals on this album as well. And they all worked on Ellen's solo album together. So it's this whole thing where they were all collaborating together and doing different records. It's too bad we couldn't have gotten Ian on a Clash record, but hey, it was, I guess, a different vibe. This one's definitely a little more loose and, uh, you know, fun for sure. But yeah, check out Short Back and Sides. It's a really cool album by Ian Hunter. And like I said, it's, it's kind of a lost Clash album in a sense. You got Mick and Topper playing on the whole record for the most part, and... Uh, this one right here, uh, I wanted to play this one. Not only is it one of my favorite songs on the record, but the session on this must have been tremendous because you got everybody I mentioned involved. Plus, Todd Rundgren plays bass and sings background vocals on this as well. So this this one's a can't miss. So here you go. From Short Back and Sides, this is Ian Hunter with I Need Your Love. Empty t- 
What a great song that is. I Need Your Love by Ian Hunter featuring, once again, Mick and Topper from The Clash. Todd Rundgren on bass right there. And I don't know if he's on this particular track, but and I should have mentioned this before the song. The great Mick Ronson, the late great Mick Ronson, plays lead guitar pretty much on the whole record here as well. So Mick Ronson from The Spires of Mars. What a great star-studded lineup here. And the music matches the hype for sure. I, I think it does, so go get it. All right, coming in at number 48 today, we have a killer, killer heavy metal band. A band that doesn't get enough credit for being trailblazers in the genre. Uh, you know, it's like pre-thrash, definitely heavy metal. And a lot of bands that got big out of the 80s owe a lot to this band for sure. So yeah, Justice for Accept. They were a great band. Still a pretty good band, actually. Uh, although they don't have Udo in the band anymore. The replacement singer's cool and all, but man... You cannot front on, you know, Dirk Schneider's lead vocals. I mean, one of a kind. I shouldn't like this kind of vocal, but I love it. I think he's one of the most powerful singers in music history. So, But yeah, today we're going to talk about Accept's third album that came out on March 16th of 1981, produced by Dirk Steffens, who's still doing stuff to this day. He was a musician himself, and he worked on a lot of European metal albums like acts like Halloween and Pink Cream 69, which I know is a big favorite of the Cobras and Fire podcast. Uh, but yeah, this album, Breaker, is super cool. It's uh, They didn't wait until Balls to the Wall to put out good stuff and memorable stuff on top of that. So this is a great unheralded metal album that people should check out. So yeah, Breaker by Accept. And here's definitely a standout track from that record. This is Can't Stand the Night. <laughs>
Oh, man, when that band kicks into the chorus and it just takes off. Pure Flight, that vocal is fucking epic right there, if I do say so. Udo Dirk Schneider, you are just one of the kings of heavy metal vocals, man. Uh, I did an episode of Talk and Rock a few months ago with the great Mark Striegel. There's an additional plug for that show. Uh, I, I'm an asshole. I need to get back and uh, do some more shows with him. So not Mark's fault, my fault. It's it's always my fault, trust me. Uh, but we talked about uh, an alternate Mount Rushmore for metal vocalists. You know, because the general consensus is it's Ozzy, Dio, Dickinson, and Halford. Like, it's hard to really knock any of those four guys off of the Mount Rushmore of metal vocalists. And, you know, that's all subject to debate and everything, but... My alternate Mount Rushmore for metal vocalists goes D. Snyder, Joey Belladonna, Klaus Mina, and Udo Dirk Schneider. That's how awesome I think he is. He deserves to be on a pedestal with all those guys as well. All right, said enough about that. Let's move on to something here deemed way more radio friendly, which isn't a bad thing, especially at this point, you know, in the 80s and everything. There's a lot of cool stuff happening on the radio as well, so we can't hate on it. That would be awful. So coming in here at number 47 is the band Foreigner. And I believe this is their biggest album of all time, if I'm not mistaken. The album 4, as in the number 4, not as in golf, like Huey Lewis in the News. But I love that album, too. I actually love the album 4 more than this 4. But this is still a great album, and I I believe it was. I'm seeing the sales stats here. Uh, 7 million copies just uh, in America alone. Number 1 on the Billboard album charts. That has to be their biggest album of all time. There's no way it's not. Uh, but yeah, I, I talked about this album a couple of years ago when I did the Mutt Lang episode. And uh, yeah, produced by the great Mutt Lang, that super producer and collaborator. And also Mick Jones, of course, the guitarist and one of the founders of Foreigner, co-produced as well. What can you say about this album? It's it's a must-own, you know. It's got tons and tons of hits on it. The album tracks are even very good, you know. It's not the typical filler garbage Uh, You know, one of my favorite songs on the album is actually Nightlife, the first track on there, and that's not a big hit. But I am going to go with a big hit on here, uh, because there's just three monster songs on this record. Jukebox Hero, Waiting for a Girl Like You, and this one right here. My personal favorite single off of the record right here. And it always brings back a lot of memories. One of my earliest music memories is hearing this song all the time on the radio. So here you go. Give it up for Urgent.
I have a real random memory of that song uh, and you know if you have a similar memory to a different song please let me know okay so let me take you back to when your pal your friend myself Joey was in elementary school I just moved out over here to the mid cities and I was going to Westhurst Elementary and I think I think it was when I was in fifth grade I want to say second half of fifth grade and I did all of sixth grade there so in gym class we do most of gym class like indoors it seemed like it was raining a lot and you know for the most part like you know if it's raining like I remember like in my old elementary we'd do the parachute thing and all that kind of stuff it was a lot of fun but I remember we just ran laps you know just to wear off our crazy kid energy and the the coach there that was running the PE class I think he only owned two 45s or at least two that he was willing to play for us because we only ever heard the same two songs in alternate days when we ran laps and that was call me by blondie and urgent by foreigner and even like I guess the spunk on his 45 record player was kind of wearing thin because I remember hearing both of these songs uh, not at the normal speed you're supposed to be hearing them at. It wasn't like he had it set on 33, but it definitely wasn't going the proper 45 speed because my initial memories of those songs were very, a lot slower, let's just say. Either that or time was just going by real slow, as a terrible gym class might do to you. Okay, anyway, if you, if you have a memory of something like that or a song that makes you think of PE class, let me know. All right, moving on here to number 46 here on the top 81 albums of 1981. This one right here, yet another icon, the great Iggy Pop, one of the tops in my haven't seen him live list. Hopefully I'll get to see him at some point in my lifetime here, or his actually, let's, let's be fair. Although Iggy might be a cockroach or a Keith Richards and outlive me even, but we'll see. That's even money right now, but uh, I, I kid. Uh, but yeah, Iggy put out a really fun, cool record in 1981 called Party. A lot of people don't talk about it, but it's a cool record. I like it. His album offerings in the late 70s into the early 80s are very parallel to his friend Alice Cooper, as in, it's I call it like nervous rock. You know, it's just like, kind of like new wave-ish, punk-ish, you know, but it's like, ah, it just makes you jittery when you hear it. And uh, it's not just me. Dick Wagner told me the same thing, if I can drop a name here. Miss you, Dick. Uh, but yeah, Iggy Pop's Party. <laughs> Pop Party. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Iggy Pop's Party record, it's it's cool. So it's got to be on this list right here. And this song I'm going to play for you right here, much like some of his other songs, such as China Girl and Tonight, would be covered years later by his pal David Bowie, who co-wrote these songs with him. Uh, so yeah, this one right here, of course, I definitely prefer this original version to David's version. Nothing against David, of course, he's one of my favorites, but he decided to cover this song on his worst album of all time, Never Let Me Down. So let's erase the memory of that and then put it into this right here. So enjoy this if you haven't heard it before, or just enjoy it again like you heard it for the first time. But this is Iggy Pop from the album Party, and this is Bang Bang. Go, go, go. 
Iggy Pop right there with the song Bang Bang. You can find that actually on a decently recommended double disc best of of his called A Million in Prizes as well. I recommend that if you have nothing by him. You know, it's it's a good 101 of even his Stooges stuff and his solo work. So yeah, Party. I, I should have mentioned this before the song, but that album came out in June of 1981. Co-produced by Tom Panunzio and Tommy Boyce who half of the Boyce and Hart songwriting team, uh, great power pop songwriters right there, bubblegum pop, if you will, uh, wrote a lot of songs for the Monkees and, and performed with them as well. Uh, but yeah, cool team right there. Coming in at number 45 here on the top 81 of 81 is this act right here. A very easy and smooth transition from Iggy Pop with Joan Jett and the Heartbreakers. 
Their sophomore album called I Love Rock and Roll would definitely prove to be the big break that they needed here in the States. I would have nothing against playing I Love Rock and Roll. It's a killer song. It's one of the great classics of all time and definitely has to be in the top 10 cover songs of all time as well. Joan always does great covers. She's kind of like Elvis in a sense. You know, I don't care that like pretty much most of her hits are songs that she didn't write. It's uh, it's just sometimes the vessel is the most important factor. And that's just how I feel. Uh, but yeah, I love rock and roll. Cool record right here coming in at number 45. And I'm going to play you this one right here. Yet another cover song. And most people haven't heard this. But it's one of the great rock classics of all time. I do prefer the original, but this is a fun version of it as well. This is a song originally recorded by the Dave Clark Five, one of the great rock and roll bands of all time. And this is Joan Jett and the Blackhearts version of Bits and Pieces. stuff right there from Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, their version of Dave Clark Five's Bits and Pieces. You know, like I said, I Love Rock and Roll's a cover. Crimson and Clover is a cover. They even do a cover of Summertime Blues on here. But that all being said, there's some cool originals on there as well that Joan wrote. Love is Pain, one of her great songs ever, is also on this record. And Victim of Circumstance, all songs I easily could have played, but today I was just feeling bits and pieces. So yeah, hope you enjoyed that. Hope you check out I Love Rock and Roll. If you never heard the record all the way through, you definitely should. It's definitely one of those, not just a collection of a couple of cover songs. All right. Oh, and by the way, officially that album came out on November 18th of 1981, co-produced by Kenny Laguna, Richie Cordell, and Glenn Kalotkin. I nailed that on the first take, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Coming in at number 44, 
We are bringing the soul and R&B and a little bit of funk back to the show with this entry right here, an album that came out on June 22nd of 1981, co-produced by James Anthony Carmichael and the band. Talking about the Commodores. Yeah, love me some Commodores. This was their ninth studio album. They've been putting in a lot of work for a long time. This is actually their last album that they would do with Lionel Richie, which would prove to be a big blow for them. Although, you know, the misnomer here is that they never did anything else without Lionel, but they did have one more number one song without him, and that was Night Shift, which I love that song. Uh, but yeah, Lionel's still in the band at this point in 1981, just about to branch out and become one of the biggest stars of the 80s, which, you know, with his pop and country crossover, you couldn't go wrong. He, he was a camp miss for sure. But man, this one right here, one of the last big songs he did with the Commodores, and it's one of my absolute favorites. I send this one out to my better half, Nola, who you hear at the end of the show every week doing the plugs leading into the outro song. But yeah, nowadays, like just, you know, call me a softy or a smoothie or whatever you want to call me. Uh, but I love my wife and, you know, this song, if you, you got a good woman, this song is the theme song right here. So why not play it? So here you go. This is the Commodores with Lady, You Bring Me Up.
All right, the Commodore is right there. One of my favorite songs of the entire year of 1981. Lady, you bring me up. Simple, but so effective and so perfect. Just puts me in a good mood. All right. My God, I failed to mention that Commodore's album was called In the Pocket. All right. Let's get back in the pocket, Joey. Okay. Next one right here, number 43 of the top 81 from 81, is this one right here. An album that came out in the fall of 1981, co-produced by Jack Nietzsche. If you know that, you're a hardcore musicologist. And Willie DeVille, who is actually the lead writer and lead singer for the band Mink DeVille. Because, yes, this is a Mink DeVille record, their fourth album to be exact. And, uh, man, I, I was late to the Mink DeVille party. It's not a very large party, especially in the States. And that's not me saying that I'm so cool or anything. But it's a shame. They should be more well-known. Willie, one of the great writers of all time. Uh, like a punk poet, in a sense. You know, like there's a couple of guys like you could tell they're fans of like the big writers and, you know, the working class guys like a Springsteen type. But they also got like, you know, one foot in the gutter, like the lower east side gutter right there. And Willie DeVille had this in spades. Just totally relatable stuff. Uh, Some of the stuff reminds me of some of the more deep Tom Petty songs. Uh, But yeah, I just never caught on too well here in the States. Although I, I guess his biggest success as a writer would come by way of him uh, writing the love song to the Princess Bride movie, actually. There's a fun fact. But yeah, I I would recommend checking out Willie DeVille and Mink DeVille, like maybe finding a best of or something like that. That's kind of how I started. I actually got into him more because, you know, when he died in 2009, I believe it was, is when I started to be like, you know, I was hearing about how heralded he was overseas and everything. And you know, I was like, I know I've heard him before and I know I liked it. So I gave him another chance and it really paid off for me. I, I, it came along just at the right time in my life. Like I wasn't at a very good point and his music really helped me out actually. And that's what good music can do. And introspective music like this does have its place. You know, I'm not just all, you know, Hey, have a good time guy. You know, you know, I, I have my moments as well where it's not all about that. You know, it's, you need stuff like this. It's, it's great therapy, but yeah, I'm sorry. I'm rambling. Let's get to the music here from the album Coupe de Grace. I believe that's how you say it. It's got a little thing on the top of the A. Uh, Coupe de Grazie? Is it Grazie? I don't know. Okay, anyway, let's, let's get to the damn music. Good God, Joey. Let's get to the point. All right, here is Mink Deville from the from, from that album that I can't pronounce. And this is Love Me Like You Did Before. Right back me I take all that 
Meek DeVille right there, led by the late, great Willie DeVille, Love Me Like You Did Before. I was reading around on the credits on here, and I came across something excellent. And I did not plan this in advance, but I'm so glad this one fell into my lap. I love sharing these little music nerd factoids with you. But yeah, Tom Benunzio, who I mentioned earlier, he worked on the Iggy Pop record. He actually co-produced that track with Willie. So that's the only song on the album that Jack Nietzsche did not co-produce. And the drummer on the whole album right there, because he used session guys, because he's like, I I knock albums out quick and I need mercenaries that want to get paid to do it right. Uh, But the drummer on this album is Tommy Price, who's a member of Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. So there you go. Double reference right there to two different songs uh, that have already appeared on this particular episode on this countdown. So I love shit like that. So hope you found that interesting as well. But once again, check out Mink DeVille and all of their catalog and anything that Willie DeVille ever put his voice and pen to. Coming in at number 42, we got two songs left here tonight. And uh, the, the leader of this band, this woman, is, uh, you know, pretty much an icon at this point. Also appeared in one of the greatest television segments in the history of the world. Uh, when the Sex Pistols were on the Bill Grundy show or whatever that guy's name is. She was actually one of the fans in tow with the Sex Pistols, like part of their entourage. They brought in a bunch of, they basically wanted to bring in like the weirdest looking people and, you know, people from that punk rock culture to kind of be in the background there while they were on that show and, you know, to be shocking and everything. And you can find the clip everywhere. It's great. Uh, Just like Sex Pistols getting thrown off TV or whatever it's called. The appearance lasts about a minute or two minutes. And it all started to go south. Even though Steve Jones had already cursed, he kind of did it under his breath. And then Rotten cursed under his breath. So it was already going downhill. But when uh, Bill Grundy points out Susie in tow, Susie the Catwoman, as she was known at that point, Steve Jones kind of called out the host for hitting on Susie. And that's what he interpreted it as. Like he was being a dirty old man. And he just like, he just cuts into him like, You day fucker! <laughs> Uh, it's it's great. Uh, go go look that up by any means necessary. But let's get into Susie and the Banshees here. But that always makes me think of it. You know, for someone that was seen as almost like scene fodder, it's pretty cool that Susie wound up becoming her own entity and creating this really cool band. I mean, Susie and the Banshees is a true alternative. There wasn't any other band that sounded like them. And really, since then, like her influence is immense. And people try to copy her all the time, even if you don't realize it. And they all pretty much fail. Like, nobody's really good at it. Like, there can only be one. It is true. Susie is a Highlander. Uh, But yes, by 1981, Susie and the Banshees already put out their fourth studio album called Juju. Came out on June 6th of 1981, produced by Nigel Gray and the band. Nigel Gray had already worked on uh, the initial Police albums, which, you know, of course, those are classics. Uh, And he did this one as well. And the album sounds great. You could totally tell that it was well-produced, well-written. And I I just don't think that Susie gets enough credit for being, you know, this cool trailblazer that came out of this scene that started a new thing along with a few other people. There there was these super fans of the Sex Pistols that actually wound up starting their own bands that did very well. Billy Idol's another famous alum of that scene. Uh, But yeah, Juju, one of the great Susie and the Banshees albums. I can't say enough nice things about it. And there's some uh, really well-known songs of hers on here, like Arabian Nights and Spellbound. A lot of people know those, and they're always on a best of of hers, which, you know, get one of those if you don't have anything by her. Uh, But Juju, not a bad place to start either. 
This one uh, is, is a killer track right here, so I'm going to play it here for you on the show. This is a true gem. This one's called Monitor.
All right, the great Susie and the Banshees right there with Monitor from their album Juju, one of their best albums of all time. Go get it. Last song of the night here, coming in at number 41. This band right here, and I might be as surprised as you are. I, I don't not like this band. I just haven't really dived very deep on them well-respected band too and definitely another trailblazing act like except i talked about them earlier being like a lot of you know the classic and modern metal bands owe a lot to this band but they just don't get that respect that they should but man i really enjoyed the debut album here by raven the album is called rock to you drop and it's just got that great early thrash metal slash punk hardcore thing that it's just a perfect moment in time for this genre. It's still super DIY in a sense, and it's angry, and it feels fun. You know, it's just, it's got everything, man. Like the skates and the metalheads, and the, they can all get into it. And it, like I said, just that moment in time. We really don't have that anymore. There's too much separatism in music, but I digress. Uh, check out this album if you love hard rock and heavy metal. This is a cool album right here. And this kind of makes me want to get on a Raven kick, you know. And I, I love the Accept album too. Uh, this one just, ha like I said, has that raw nature to it. Like the Accept album is very well produced. So it serves a different purpose than this one right here. I definitely equally love them. Even though they're kind of like, you know, bookending the show right here. Point wise, they, they're pretty much all tied here on this episode, just to be fair. Uh, but yeah, let's close off the show here with Raven. And the second track from their debut album, this one's a killer. It's called Hell Patrol.
Closing off the show here today and coming in at number 41 on the 81 albums from 1981, the best of the best, that was Raven with the song Hell Patrol from their debut album, Rock Until You Drop. That album came out in the fall of 1981. It was co-produced by the band and Steve Thompson, who produced a lot of the early black metal albums that uh, he really helped that scene take off as well. So go look up that guy, Steve Thompson, the producer. Okay, man, I've had a lot of fun on this episode today. Some super quality music, and my God, can it actually get better from here? Well, by law, it's supposed to. Join me for the next four episodes and all the episodes here on Rock Strikes 10. To get you where you need to be, I'm going to send you over to my better half, Nola, and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, the lady who brings me up. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens Ruby and Ripley get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRusa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRusa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. <laughs>